when people leave home and yeah. come to a foreign country, there are usually four stages that they go through. The first stage is obviously the excitement. Hey, I got the visa. I'm going to America. I'm going to Europe. I'm going to Australia. <laughs> and then the second stage is now you make it across. Now you are living your life. You are just excited. Everything, it looks different. You are on top of the world. Then you get to the third stage where now you are trying to question yourself now. It's like realization. I'm here. Is, is this it? <laughs> the fourth stage is the stage where now you get, you get to a point. Now you realize I'm here. Should I go back home or should I just do the very best that I can? You are listening to Concrete Pastures. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We discuss issues that are important to us in the diaspora. We celebrate the joys, the laughs, the bravery that being an immigrant brings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate your support. To all of our new listeners, welcome to the family. You can continue to support us by downloading our new app for free on Google Play. You get access to our whole Concrete Pastures library while you are there. Feel free to support us by donating. We are an independent podcast. You can also support us by buying our merchandise 50% of the proceedings go back to our veteran that makes them. You can also support us by subscribing or following us on all social media platforms. We are everywhere. They're all called Concrete Pastures. A huge shout out to everybody who has been writing reviews on their platforms they are listening on. I appreciate you. We love hearing from you. Our guests love hearing from you. If you know anybody who is coming to the U.S. of A here in New York, if that person is you, I would encourage you to reach out to me. I would love to answer any questions you might have. Leaving your home country is hard. And coming to a new place is even harder. You don't know where you're going. We would love to support you. Concrete Pastures is providing a targeted wraparound service based on your needs. I would love to answer any questions. Would love to help you. We'd love to support you integrate in your new home, in a new country, and we want to be part of your new journey. Can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much, FMG Radio, for continuing to support us and giving us visibility on their platform. This is part two of our conversation with Mr. Noah Delovu. 
So welcome back and enjoy the episode. You, a leader in our community, what have you been doing for the community that is here? Just share a little bit. For people who live outside the U.S. of A, obviously for us, we know what you do. Just explain to us what your leadership has been for the news and Zen. Yeah, so again, thank you for those questions. So I am the founding president of the Zambian Association Network of the United States, uh, commonly referred to as Zen News. And the other, that's a national program. It's a national organization which was founded back in 20, 2018. So let me, let me backtrack a little bit. And I'm also the founding president for the Zambian Association of Indiana. So in the state that I live here in Indiana, back in 2010, I made a New Year's resolution. I'm happy that we are towards the end of the year because most people make New Year's resolution and then they only last a week or two. Of like course. people say, I'm yeah. going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going uh-huh. to be healthy and things like that. Two or three weeks later, they forget. Mm-hmm. Life yeah, happens. So, <laughs> yeah, life happens and something happens. Yeah, so back in 2010, I made the New Year's resolution for 2011. And the New Year's resolution for 2011, as I was in 2010, was to restart the Zambian Association of Indiana. Because back in 2004-05, we had an association which was called the Association of Zambians in Indiana, AZI. And fast forward by 2007-08, it died a natural death. So in 2010, I told myself that there's no way for us as Zambians in a foreign land for us to be living like this. So I wrote down my New Year's resolution for 2011 that I'm going to restart the association. So I called a few people in the state of Indiana, invited them to come to my house and we had our meeting. So I told them my plan I think for us as Zambians, I mean, we are very far away from home. Why don't we put our heads together and restart this association? So fast forward, we came up with the Zambian Association of Indiana, which was different from the, the, the initial one, which was the Association of Zambians in Indiana. So by 2012, 11, 2012, 13, the association was taking root. It was, uh, I, I was mostly on the phone calling people, convincing them to uh, get involved in these things. And obviously others, it was the usual, I don't want to deal with the um, Zambians. So I was mostly on the phone just trying to uh, mobilize the people, get them to buy into this vision. So by 2015 2016 everything was flowing nicely everybody was on board then i'm like oh on the local front this is i have succeeded it's working well so i there was an incident that had happened in 2015 and i was caught up in uh, trying to get in touch with the other uh, leaders in other states because the united states it's 
50 countries if, if you want to look at it that way yeah so each state like in the state of indiana we have uh, some zambians and in the state of illinois in the state where you are and just different parts there are different people the the these states or countries if you want to call them that they have different rules and everything else so when we had a little incident here in 2015 i was trying to reach out to notify the other leaders across the the country so it was taking me time so i called a few people there was a the president of uh, new york one of the guys in new york i reached out to him like hey i'm thinking of having a platform so that at least when we have uh, some eventualities we should be able to have a platform where all the leaders are part of so that at least they are because whatsapp obviously was a thing by that time so i suggested that we could even have all the leaders on the platform so that at least when there's an eventuality we can just send a text and everybody across the nation knows about that yeah. So back in 2015, the people that I had reached out to, uh, I think uh, it just, we didn't have some good chemistry. So by 2017, I reached out to some leaders uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and then Illinois. So the idea uh, caught fire. So uh, we had some good chemistry and we were able to form the Zambian Association Network of the United States. So the premise for that was to have a platform or a think tank for the leadership across the country so that at least if there are eventualities or if there's anything else, we should be in a position to disseminate information for, through the proper structures. So, and we had engaged the Zambian embassy that, hey, we have formed this group and we are hoping that at least you could be sharing your information through this because this is a team of leaders who are representing the respective states. So I served as the, the founding president uh, for that group until 20, in the year 2000, when I was actually voted to continue as the president to save another term. But my icon, uh, one of my role models is Nelson Mandela because I emulated a, or I stole a page from Nelson Mandela as a legacy that a leader always leaves when people are still clapping. So I stepped aside. So they voted for me to continue as the president. Then I said, no, let me step aside so at least I can focus on other ventures. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with the United States, I formed the local front. So the local uh, association was just for the Indiana. So everything started out from a New Year's resolution. Local was the Zambian Association of Indiana. The national was the Zambian Association's network. So on the local front, any single individuals can belong to an association of Indiana or whichever state. They can, it's the individual membership. Now, on the national front, like the ZANUS, 
It's a, a, a think tank for the leadership. The presidents, for instance, in your state or the president in my state. And uh, uh, last time I checked when I was uh, in the process, very much active, there were 16 uh, associations across the United States. So there are places, for instance, like in Kentucky or Michigan, they do not have uh, local associations. So the people who live in those places, they affiliate to some of the neighboring uh, associations. So, yeah. <clears throat> what is the biggest why of Zanus? So you guys, um, you got to affiliate yourself with the Zambian Embassy, you created a WhatsApp group where you can send information. As, mm-hmm. Aside from that, what what is the main goal for the association for the Zambians? Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a great question. So you see, uh, let me give a, a distinction. So there's an organization called OZA, Zambian, Associ- Zambian Organization of Zambians Abroad. So somebody could be in Australia, somebody could be in the Netherlands, it could be in South Africa, could be anywhere. So for that one, it's individuals, you and me could belong to that. So, and it it extends its borders. You could be in Canada, you could be in Europe, or you could be in the USA. So that's the organization of Zambians abroad. So what, what I formed, was the Zambian associations of the United States. So now the membership was to the leadership, the presidents of the respective associations across the United States to have a a platform where leaders, for instance, could share best practices. So you could have people like in your state or people in my state and there's a leader, let's say, in Illinois, in Atlanta, in Florida. So these leaders, they are overseeing the, the Zambian communities in their respective states. So now having a platform where they share best practices. So back in 2017, we put out a need survey. So this was a, a an assessment of what type of people do we have in the country. So we learned that, for instance, the average Zambian, by the time when we were doing these uh, surveys, we had an average uh, time that most Zambians have been in the United States was 15 years. And we learned that, oh, people, for instance, people in, in Illinois, one thing that they were focused on was like, how do they own property? And then we had other places, for instance, in Florida, I'm giving just an example. Yeah. Others wanted to, like, how do they get their kids into education? So there were different needs depending on the state. So the why for the Zambian Association Network was to have a platform for the leadership across the United States to be, number one, linked Number two, to be able to communicate. And number three, to be able to share best practices. What is working in, let's say, in Illinois, what is working in Indiana, or what's working in Florida. And then the membership was not open to the general public. 
It is just a think tank for the leadership to brainstorm as they save their communities and share best practices. For instance, you have the president of Zambia, H.H. and then you have the president of Zimbabwe, you have Malawi, you have all the leadership from across the African countries. They belong to the African Union. And the African Union's objective is to have a platform for the leaders, not like people like you and me, we don't belong to the African Union. It's for the leadership to be able to have that space where they're able to communicate. Because one of the questions that people used to ask me, like, what's the difference between Zanus and Oza? The difference is that the Oza extends its membership to individuals. And you don't have to be in the United States, you could be anywhere. Now, ZANUS was formed under the premise that it will be a think tank for the Zambians across so that at least, for instance, there are a number of things that uh, are happening across the country. Now, when I was part of the, I'll share with you, when, uh, what I had in my mind back, back then was in the diaspora where we live, number one, we are getting older. Now, what's the game plan? Do we have nursing homes? How are we going to address that? So the leaders need to be able to come up with a solution for that or a process or a plan of action. And number two, what of our culture? You have, we grew up behaving and presenting ourselves under the cultural norms, under our Zambian values. Now, we, you and me, we've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're raising children here. How do we want those kids to identify? That was one of the tasks for the, the think tank to look into. So that you come up with, okay, our first of all, our population is aging. Are we going to be also the people who send their elders to their nursing homes? Or are we going to mobilize ourselves to have political representation so that at least we have our own representatives who are going to foster and push our agenda forward? So those were some of the things I was thinking about when we are coming up with these things. So that at least we've been here in this country, now we are somehow Americans. So we have allegiance both to the country back home and we have allegiance to the country here, especially some of us who have children. So now how do we position ourselves? That is something that the leadership should be in a position to address. So who's the president now of ZANUS? I guess who is the chairperson? Yeah, like I stepped aside and then the president of the association for Dallas is the one who who took over stepped aside so yeah so they uh, the, the, the group is still functioning how often uh, do you change leadership the leadership uh, ideally uh, from the constitution it's supposed to be every two years so every two years so that's when the the, the just asking for people out there that might be interested maybe you know yeah yeah you never so know those, those, yeah so those were the, the the premise for some of these things because some of us were looking at okay 
when the for instance let me just backtrack a little bit here when the the pilgrims were coming from Europe to settle into the Americas mm-hmm. one one thing that is unique about them is that they were not one foot is in Europe and the other foot is in America they decided that hey we're going to leave Europe and we're going to go and settle in this country mm-hmm. now when you look at us as the Zambians in the diaspora for the most part we have not made that conscious uh, decision we are one half of us we are building homes back home and some of us are building homes here so it's always back and forth the leadership should be in a position to figure out okay what is our stake here are we just going to be here uh, as part-time residents or are we looking to create a Zambian community in the diaspora mm. it be in Australia it be in Europe it be here in the United States because when you look at the Chinese when they come they create the Chinese community yes they hire their own people they have got restaurants i think even the signage in some of these places it's in a, in chinese yes there's a polish community mm-hmm. uh, but you never hear of a zambian community part of that is because our people number one is we one we want to run away from ourselves and that is an issue that is addressed by the leadership so anyway let me i i i retired by the way i retired so i'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer I'm focusing on other things but anyway at least I just wanted just to take the time and Listen, it's an amazing initiative that you came up with that's why I wanted to dive into it and um just to have um a little bit of perspective of what was behind the this whole mm-hmm. thing that you created oh, yeah. um having a president here in New York for me Mm-hmm. I would like to sit down with them and ask them exactly what they are doing for our community mm-hmm. and are you helping me get my passport when it's expired are you helping me get my citizenship are you helping mm-hmm. me with there's so many questions that people have out here in the diaspora so mm-hmm. it's good that we have representation in a yes. way that we have leadership But how can people find out about the leaders that they have in their states? Yeah, so I think that, that thank you that's a good question. So I remember from the times that I was part of the uh, association like in in New York they have I think the tri-state because I remember there was Ernest Masheke mm-hmm. I, and then there was I think there are two groups there's one which I think the the families I think Peter Daka he belongs to one I think I don't know if he's still the president and then Ernest Masheke so those were the two and then of course there is also the DMV area so there are a number of um, states some of them they, they come and work as one for instance the, the DC area Virginia and Connecticut so there was they fall under the DMV area and right. then they operate under the one one banner but it's it's important for zambians across the nation to work with the local leadership to ensure that at least they have a united front because i know especially speaking as one who was the chief 
the chief community organizer where I was on the phone calling people, encouraging people to join these groups. It's, it's a, you see, leadership is at the core of everything that we do. Because when you have a very good structured leadership, then it's easy. For right now in this country, obviously, most people may not want to pay but attention to politics, but politics affects everything that we do. It's either when Trump is in power or when it's Biden, the Democrats or the Republicans, the decisions that they make is going to impact the gas that you put in the car. It's going to impact the food that you buy. Everything that we do is connected in a way to politics. So this is why some of us, when we were uh, looking into these things, we're looking, how do we position ourselves as Zambians to have representation in the United States? So that at least we'll be able to see a Zambian mayor. Let's say that in New York or DMV area, you have uh, uh, Nancy standing as uh, an uh, as a, as a mayor or running for Congress or running for Senate because it's important for us to uh, take keen interest to know who is our district representative. We, do a survey, ask people. They don't know who is representing, representing them in their respective areas. They need to. But, but how do they find out? How do we find but out? The, the, the good thing is uh, each association, like if on the local front, the Zambian community, I think there used to be a, a website because we had created the Zanus, Z-A-N-U-S.org. But if what, what I encourage people is, you see, this is part of the, the reason why we, we formed this group. It was having a data point or a website where everybody in conjunction with the embassy, they know how the information is disseminated and things like that. So right now it's it's a little bit tricky because you have to know some Zambians to have some of this information. So there are places like in Montana, Oregon, Ida, North Dakota, South Dakota, and in some of those places, you find you'll be hard pressed to find some Zambians. You have like a few people here. So we, we, we can't Google it. You can Google. You can Google. So I think, for instance, oh. like here in Indiana, they, 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 it, I think the website here is indizam.org. But the thing is, it's, it differs for each state. You got it. It differs for each state. So I think people should check out the Zambian embassy. This is like I said to my point is, Working with the Zambian embassy so that at least the information is displayed on their website, so at least the people know. So that at least if they have problems A, B, C, they know where to go. So the child, I mean, I still get calls from different people. Hey, how do we do this? How where do we find this and things like that? So uh, at least then anyway, they should get in touch with the Zambian embassy to find out more information about. Uh, the leaders available yeah. yes then also you want to get in touch with i think um, your local you find out from other zambians but i think there is a, a lot that needs to be done so uh, i think that's that's what i would say just get in touch with the zambian embassy so at least they're able to help out to make sure that at least our people are more structured gotcha all right i want to congratulate you once again 
on your Mwate PR Awards. So <laughs> congratulations, well-deserved. And I want to dive into some of your creative work that you've been doing. I, for one, know how hard it is to be a creative and you do it so effortlessly. And for a lot of people, uh, you make it look easy, but I know it's hard mm -hmm. to do this. Oh yeah, I own it. But you make it look easy. Like it's just effortless for you to do. You've wrote uh, a few books, Sons of Noah, Voices of Noah. There's another one, Mangishi and the American Dream. Is that out? No, uh, th thank you. So I have two books in production right now. The first one is Sons of Noah, which came out in 2019. And Sons I, of Noah, yes. Yeah, Sons That's of not, Noah. Yeah. It's a collection of Christian-themed uh, poems which I started writing back when I completed high school. So I compiled my early writings into Psalms of Noah. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, you have Psalms in the Bible. So that's my vision of the Psalms of Noah. Being an immigrant can be hard. Having been away from my home country for over 20 years has allowed me to experience these hardships firsthand. Throughout my journey, I've had a lot of challenges that were hard to bear. Juggling adjustment to a new country, obtaining my immigration papers, getting married, having children, establishing my career, and finding time for myself. Even though I've always had faith, I also relied on therapy, which gave me the tools to cope with the issues life brought me. My fellow dreamers, Let's remove the stigma around therapy and normalize seeking help with today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Go to betterhelp.com slash pastures for 10% off your first month of therapy with BetterHelp and get matched with a therapist who will listen and help in as little as 48 hours. And my second book is Voices of Noah, uh, which is an anthology. I have a question on that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I was looking at it. Just for the fun of it, is there any dedication that you, you've had or in, what inspired you to, to write those uh, poems in there? Yeah, so thank you again. That's a great question. So I'm a, a, a biblical apologetic. So that, uh, in simple terms, I I took some classes. Uh, my background is in uh, science and religion and history. So at one time when I was doing uh, some research in uh, evolution and creation, which can take us the whole day just to talk about the controversy between religion and uh, evolution. So I oh, I have a question on that. So I mm -hmm. don't even go there yet. <laughs> you sent me the link, I think the first time, because I think part of the conversation that we had, mm -hmm. the first time you and I spoke, you were yeah. talking about how you were working on it. But I was like, I, I, I can't wait to hear it, the differences mm -hmm. with, with what you are your research has been 
mm-hmm. without giving so much out because I want people to actually go and watch some of your work that you ha- you have out there. But is there any dedications to the voices of Noah? I was reading Here I Come. <laughs> <laughs> the dedication, for, for instance, as a, as a, as a poet, uh, for those who may not know, uh, I've I've been a poet for quite some time. I was one of the world judges in 2000. So I've been at this thing for some time. So I worked with the World Poetry Organization back in 2000. So I compiled my poems and most of my poems is just wakes of thought. Like if you look at my title, it's just wakes of imagination. Uh, I think sometimes outside the box and sometimes I think without the box so there's a difference there so some of them I it's personal experiences and some of them is just like me just dancing around my teacher of English used to say you you need to play around with words so sometimes I'm just playing around with words just in my uh, creative uh, mindset but the the first book, Psalms of Noah, it was Christian-themed. It's a collection of, like I say, Christian or spiritual uh, poems, which I dedicated to my to my kids. The whole book I dedicated to my kids. Got it. And the second book, uh, Voices of Noah, which is uh, an anthology on different uh, poems where I took talk about uh, different subject topics and things like that but they, there's a third book which is coming out uh, this valentine Mangishi? No, no, the, it's Songs of Noah so there's Psalms of Noah, Voices of Noah and then the third one which two are already out there so the third one which is coming out to a store near you, it's Voices of Noah so the, the Songs of Noah it's a uh, collection of love poems so that one is coming out uh, a, 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 a few weeks from now so is it a like, remix of the voices of noah because that looks like no, they're, they're totally poems different. to me yeah. from what I, I i'm i'm reading i'm like okay yeah that's why so, i was asking if there was like dedication some of them like love walks out through that door that was written back in 2000 uh yeah, so my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> there we go. Here comes the truth now. <laughs> yeah, so that that specific poem, uh, "Love Walks Out Through That Door," it was I was having some challenges with my girlfriend, so I thought to put that to pen and paper, and then I wrote that poem. So uh, it's it's a personal experience, and there are poems, for instance, like for you. For you, it's a poem where I talk about uh, meeting my beloved at the time I needed the most. Mm. You came into my life. So that one was, it's a contrast to love walks out through that door. So some of the poems, uh, personal experiences, I won't tell you a lot about no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just curious about the fun yeah. of it. Listen, we've had yeah. some serious conversation. Yeah. And I uh, I was curious just to, yeah. you know. No, no, no. You, my, the, my the, next book, <laughs> the next book, 
the next book is the it's a now it's a collection of love poems. So, like I said, the first one was a collection of uh, Christian or spiritual uplifting inspiration. It's actually a devotional book. Some right. of know it's a devotional book for uh, religious uh, sect groups, churches. It's something that has uplifting uh, poems. Now, the Voices of Noah. It's just a collection of different. I talk about leadership, politics, death, and things like that. Now, the third book, which is coming out uh, three weeks from now, is called Songs of Noah. Now, the Songs of Noah. That's where I talk about romance, love, and just stuff that people get excited about. Nice. <laughs> now, that's exciting. The, oh yeah. So. The last book, which is gonna be coming out obviously around summertime, it's Mangishi and the American Dream. So Mangishi and the American Dream is a, it's my first novel. The first three are all collection of poetry. So my uh, authorship award, which I won through the Mwapepia Awards, was due to the poetry books that I've uh, I've worked on. So Mangishi and the American Dream. Is my first novel. It's a it's a story about this guy who uh, leaves America, leaves Africa, and coming. I'm curious. Is some of you America. in there? Because when, uh, oh, yeah. when I oh, read, yeah. uh, when I heard yeah. you talk about it, I was like, wait, there, there yeah, should so, be a little bit of him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, they, they, my little guy. Yeah, so Mangishi, it's, uh, I think when people leave home and yeah. come to a foreign country, there are usually four stages that they go through. The first stage is obviously the excitement. Hey, I got the visa. I'm going to America. I'm going to Europe. I'm going to Australia. <laughs> yeah, yes. So they are jumping up and down, dancing around and showing everybody, hey, and the friends are envying them and it's just excitement. And then the second stage is now you make it across. Now you are living your life. You are just excited. Everything it looks different. You are just you are on top of the world. Then you get to the third stage where now you are trying to question yourself. Now it's like realization. I'm Me here. Too. <laughs> is, is this it? Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So a lot. Uh, the fourth stage is the. Stage where now you get you get to a point. Now you realize ah, I'm here. Should I go back home or should I just do the very best that I can? So those are the four stages that people. I mean, I won't say much, but uh, yeah, look, we want look want people to, to read it. It's, it's very exciting. I got excited because yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I do. So I was already excited. I'm like, I know there's gonna be a little bit of him in this. Oh yes, uh, in this yeah. book and. Yeah. I, I know we can cover everything about you in just in one conversation. So reading the book will, I guess, give us a window into mm -hmm. what you actually went through as an immigrant. So that's very exciting. We'll look forward to that. So that's summer, coming out summer? Yeah, coming out this summer. Yeah, next summer, sorry. So part of what we talked about the first time uh, on our long conversation was re-revolution re-revolution so my question to you is what is religion and what is spirituality really thank you thank you that's a great great question so and you're asking the right person for that 
Yeah, so in simple terms, religion is a step by which one becomes spiritual. And religion simply means to be pure and original. So, for instance, you have, uh, there are different uh, Christian uh, belief systems. There is the Jehovah's Witness Church. There is the, uh, in Zambia, United Methodist Church. And they have, they have different types of those fall under the Christian faith. Yeah. And then they, to, to, to the average person, uh, we think religion simply means Christianity, but there are different types of religions or belief systems. There is Baha, there is uh, Buddhism, there is uh, uh, Hinduism, and there is Islam, and Judaism, Zoroastri, and there are uh, a lot others. Cool. So all these religions are formalized steps to get one to connect with their creator. So they do that by coming up with a doctrine. Now, in spirituality, there's no doctrine. Spirituality simply means to be pure and to be original. You, It's you and your creator is how you feel. So what I talk about in revolution, which simply means religion and evolution. So I abbreviated religion and evolution to revolution because I look at uh, what religion is and how it differs from spirituality because when you look at African people for the most part, African people are a very unique people, especially the women new people are unique in the sense that and that's true, that's true so African people before the arrival of the Europeans African people did not know anything about Christianity I'll say that again before the arrival of the Europeans on the African continent, African people had no clue about Christianity. That does not mean African people did not worship their creator. So Christianity was brought in by the Europeans as a formalized steps from their perspective, which is based under the Eurocentric approach. So this is why even when they draw a picture of Jesus, is always, it's a, a Caucasian person. Now, under the African spiritual systems, I'm choosing my words carefully, under the African spiritual systems, not system, systems, because there are so many ways in which you can connect to your creator. Now, the Europeans, they told you and me that you have to go through the Bible so the first, uh, when the, the printing press was uh, invented, the first book which was published was published by a gentleman called Johann Glutenberg. He was a German guy. And the Bible was one of the first books which was published. So I talk about these matters uh, on Red Evolution. So now let me talk about the other side. So when you, on a Sunday, go to church, you are told that God or Allah, Buddha, Yahweh, Jehovah, whatever, created this world that we live in. And when you die, if you are a Christian, you go to heaven. If you are a bad Christian or non-believer, you go to 
hell. Now, the word pagan, the word pagan simply meant a non-believer. A pagan, in other words, meant somebody who, like a country dweller. Like in the Islamic faith, they are what they call the infidels. Like if you are not a Muslim, you are considered an infidel. So I discuss such things. Now, on a Sunday, you are told that God created the heavens and the earth, and you are created in God's image. Now, you show up in school on a campus, a university, you are told life began in the sea. There's an actual an acronym they use. It's called FAM. Uh, if uh, you, fish, amphibian, reptile, mammal. So that's the acronym that people need to uh, to, to get. FAM, F-A-R-M. We started out as a fish. Then we progressed into an amphibian. Then we progressed into a reptile. And then now, here we are as a mammal. So that is in contradiction or contrary to what the Bible says, or what the, the sacred scriptures, the, the Bhagavad Gita, the, the, the Quran, and the other scriptures, the Bible. Because truth can only be one. Now, under the rules of logic, truth can only be one. There's what is called objective truth, and then there's what is called personal truth. And then there's what is called situational truth. So if I say 10 times 5, if you ask somebody in Zambia 10 times 5, the answer is 50. If you go to Australia, Brazil, anywhere else, you ask somebody 10 times 5 or 1 plus 1, 1 plus 1, whether you're in India, China, wherever you may be in the world, is going to be 2. Yeah. The answer is a constant. So there's consistency regardless of where you are and whom you ask. So that is what is called objective truth. Now, a personal truth is like, I believe. Because what I believe is not what you believe. Because somebody will look at, oh, this woman, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Somebody else will say, no, no, no. The, the other woman is the most beautiful woman in the world. Can you argue with that person? No, because that's what they believe. Yeah. A belief is a personal conviction. So religion falls into the personal truth because it's not consistent. So this is why you have the Islam, they'll tell you Muhammad, and you have Christianity, they'll tell you Jesus, and then you have Buddhism, they'll tell you Buddha. So because it's not consistent. Now you have what is called situational truth. Situational truth, obviously, is depending on the situation, you can tell people that this election was stolen. You don't have to have proof, but just say it. When you say something loud enough, often enough, and the frequency of saying something consistently over time, people will think, ah, obviously it could be true. So that's a situational truth. Objective, personal, and situational truth. So those are things that we talk about on the revolution. We classify things in their respective uh, area. So evolution is one approach that says we came from ape-like creatures. 
we evolved from apes, Kenya Pithecus, Zinjathropus, uh, and then the the last one which was discovered, I think, in in uh, in Ethiopia, there is a valley where uh, Lucy, Lucy. I mean, uh, for those who may be familiar with these things, Lucy uh, was discovered by Johan Hansen. I think, yeah, that's a, that's the last name. I think it was 1976 when they discovered uh, what is called Lucy. Now, that is what falls under evolution because evolution, especially when the book by Charles Darwin was written in 1859, The Origin of Species, it simply says, through the processes of natural selection, here we are. Competition among the species produces uh, uh, elements in people where people now, oh no, sorry, uh, species, the strongest survive. Now, that is totally different from what the scriptures say. God created you in his image. But in school, they say you came from a fish. You first started out as a fish, evolved into a reptile, I mean, it evolved into a, a, an amphibian, both land and uh, and water, reptile and mammal. So those are things that we discuss on real evolution. So I present the science, the history, and the religion. And I don't tell people which side they should choose. I simply present what uh, the science talks about. And I present what the religion talks about. I think you're going to know. You already know what I'm about to ask you. <laughs> what is your truth? Because, <laughs> you know, when we had this conversation, I was just like, listen, I am here for it. I know where we come from. So, They're just going to, to so. say, what's, what's going on in your head? Why are you talking about this right now that we came from fish? <laughs> no, you see, like the thing is, you see, uh, these are the scientific, they are what are called scientific in academia. Okay, let me put it in more uh, academic terms. Is There is what is called the scholarship. Yeah. Talks about that we evolved from ape like creatures. I'm simply reporting what is being told in schools. You could be. You have your own belief. And yeah, so now the belief... you, you you have you, you've done the research, you're reporting mm-hmm. to us. No, I'm presenting. I'm presenting the oh, yes, the, you, you, the you pre- yes, yes, for sure. You're presenting. And what is your own belief? Because people so my, would be curious mm-hmm. to know what you believe. My belief is that I I usually try not to tell people because I want people to watch that they listen. So let me let me let me respond to that first of all. <clears throat> there are four great questions to life. Who am I? Why am I here? What happens when I die? And what is the purpose of life? Now, the way you answer those questions is influenced by your worldview. Your worldview is how you see the world. Now, how you see the world, for instance, like people from the African um, continent 
for the most part, we have been Europeanized. Uh, there is a book by a missionary, mm-hmm. Edwin Smith. It's the Golden Stool. In the Golden Stool, I think it's on page 176. Uh, it's the same edition if they're still printing it the way. The way you capture the African is by Europeanizing their mind. Divorce them from their African ways of doing things. Cause everything to see things your way. So before the arrival of the Europeans, the Africans had their own spiritual systems. One of them is voodoo. Now to the average African person, when you mention the word voodoo, they want to jump through the window. <laughs> Why? It's because they have seen movies or they have heard something. Voodoo does not evangelize. Voodoo does not tell you what to do. That is one of the ancient African ways of worship. Now, with the coming of the Europeans, they had a formalized steps which is called a doctrine. You believe A, B, C. The African ways of doing things, you don't, they don't tell you what to believe. So I discuss, I present information, what is available. I do not want to confuse people by telling them what I believe. Because yeah. as soon as I tell them what I believe, then it skews their imagination. So as a teacher, the goal is to present information as it is, not the way I want it to be. So the way in which you view the world influences how you respond to the four questions of life. If you believe there is a God, you're going to answer the questions differently. Who am I? I'm a child of God. What am I doing in this world? I'm here to save God. Where what happens when I die? I go to heaven. Now, a person who does not believe in the world in, in, in religion or an atheist, they will answer the same questions from a different angle because they are not influenced by their belief system. Yeah. So how you view the world is influenced by your background where you grew up. For instance, in Zambia, if you grew up in Southern province, chances are uh, the Adventist church has an impact on you. If you grew up in the Eastern province, mostly it's a Dutch reformed church. And the Northerners, the UCZ, and all those churches. So if you were born in in the Middle East right now, if you were born in the Middle East, chances are that you are going to be Islam by default, not by choice. So you were born in southern sub-Saharan Africa and Zambia because the Europeans had Christianity there. You identify as a Christian. I think, let me stop. Let me stop right there. <laughs> we can go on. I, I, I'm thinking about my grandmother right now. She goes to UCZ. And I'm like, I need this translated in Lozi for her just so she can just get yeah. on you. <laughs> I respect what you're doing. It's not an easy place to be 
and I'm glad that you're giving us, you know, this information. You're presenting it to us in the way that you are presenting. And I'm glad that you're not actually telling us what you personally believe. In this way, you don't steer people to go in your your direction or yeah. another way. I had another question on this, but I can talk to you forever. <laughs> yeah. It's been an honor, honestly, having this conversation because I've been watching you from afar. Uh, and this is what I tell people all the time. You never know who's listening, who's watching, whatever you are doing in the world to impact the world. There's so many people that are listening and watching and admiring probably what you're doing or uh, the opposite. But regardless of what you're doing, there's somebody listening and watching. At this point in your life, in your journey, do you feel you have reached like the highest version of yourself? You've been impacting the Zambian community. You're impacting the world with your work that you're doing. And you have gotten awards for your work that you've been doing. Mm -hmm. Do you feel you've reached your highest vision of yourself? Uh, not not yet. I, I First of all, I am happy to have used my time wisely because I always tell people that we all have 24 hours in a day and to be specific since I show you that you are dealing with an Afrocentric philosopher of science we don't technically have 24 hours in a day it's 23 hours 56 minutes and 48 seconds because oh the is slowing down Nice. You had to be that, seriously. Like, just bust yeah, no, our just, bubbles. It's a little trivia, yeah, just a little trivia. But yeah, you had no. to bust our bubble. Thank you. Yeah, no, just, just for fun, so just in case somebody wants the accuracy of that. So, yeah, so th thank you. I mean, I appreciate the, just the opportunity to speak on this uh, important platform. I... I, I I believe there is no state of perfection because you can always improve your best. So I have had some losses and some successes. I am happy with where I am in life because I have used my time wisely to study, to engage myself into important conversation with the right people, to seek myself, my attention to know because I am hoping to constantly uh, improve myself. I am very happy and excited that I've got some publications and I can share with you, I'll be speaking at one of the universities. Uh, I had an abstract which was accepted, so I'll be uh, trying to have some presentation at one of the universities in the DMV area soon Yay. Uh, coming up in, uh, in the next two months nice. so <clears throat> I, there's no perfectionism but we can always improve I have achieved a little bit but I think there's still more that needs to be achieved so I'm constantly uh, learning, researching and wanting to always improve myself but I I take full advantage of what I've achieved thus far uh, having uh, served as the association president for this group and the chairperson for this 
and having some publications. I've been talking to students at university. I mean, um, I and working for the state government. I mean, I I count it all joy because uh, we all have different backgrounds. Yeah. And I am very thankful to God for just the opportunity for me to be healthy and for me to be able to impact uh, countless, countless people that I enjoy doing that. So there's always room for improvement, but I'm happy with where, where I'm at. That's amazing. Um, what motivates you? What gets you up? What gets you to do all of these things? I don't know why you get the time, but yeah. Yeah, I think the, the world can be a better place. And the only way the world can be a better place is to take you and me and everybody else out there to do our part. So I'm one of those who I look at myself as a first mover. So what motivates me is the desire to make a difference and the desire to improve things and just to positively impact other people. When you look at, for instance, Nelson Mandela is one of my idols. And, Mine too. Mine. Uh, one of my, Dr. John Henry Clark in the African-American circles mm. and in the philosophical world is one of my idols. Is uh, the philosopher Alan Watts, and there are just so many people. People like to say that uh, some people are jacks of all trade but master of none. I like to give a contrast to that. That uh, I'm a jack of all trade, but a master of all. Oh, okay. <laughs> As you drink, okay. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, do you have anything that you'd like to share that I haven't asked you? I know we've touched on a lot. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just uh, happy and blessed to have good health. Thank you for the opportunity just to come on this platform to share. I think we've covered, uh, we've covered it all for now. <laughs> My last question and I'll let you go. Have you found your concrete pastures? I think I would say I'm still climbing the ladder because it's, I have some successes. I've got great successes to share, but I can say I have, but I believe there's more out there to be found. So it's constant. Cause when you say you found a concrete pasture, to some extent, you might feel like, hey, I've accomplished all, then I am, I'm done. Yeah. So this is why I'm, there's no such thing as perfection because you can always improve your best. Yes. So there are some wins that I have, and I believe there's more out there. I'm taking full advantage of just the opportunity to be on this earth because we have a limited time to live on this earth. And... The good books talks about disappointed for man to live and thereafter you die. So we must count all blessings and just be in the moment. And when the time comes for us to transition to the other world, I want to be one of those who will say, I done my best. 
So I am constantly doing research. I'm constantly just putting myself out there to constantly learn something new. So I'm always watching YouTube. There's just so much on YouTube, different lectures on almost anything. So I am in that habit. I just look up something that I don't know, and then I just and then I watch. So. Again, I mean, we have oh, we all have twenty four hours. I know life gets busy, responsibilities. Twenty three. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. So it's just it just depends on what one wants to achieve in this world. So I think I'm just push constantly pushing myself. So yeah, just trying to do the very best that I can. So when my time comes, I would look back and say, I've achieved my concrete uh, pasture. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I am so grateful to you. I'm grateful mm-hmm. to Dr. Msanje for always <laughs> have introduced me to you. Thank you for introducing me to actually Mr. Katuta. He, that was another great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for what you are doing. Honestly, I salute you for all the work that you continue to do for our community. Uh, your radio station is so diverse. I love everything that you are sharing all the time. And thank you for always thinking of me. You share it with me and I, I love it. I watch everything. And whenever you have a program at night, I do listen. So it's I'm a student of life. And mm-hmm. a lot of us that actually tune in to, this, to the podcast they are also student of life. We're always mm-hmm. reinventing ourselves and you never know what you hear from someone's story that could change yeah. your life, that can impact you, shift the way you think. And I think you've done that for a lot of us today with your story and all the work that you're doing. So thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. So I just want to ask people if they want to check out what I do, can check out my website is noandlobo.com yeah n-o-a-h last I have name everything page. in the show notes like how to find oh, yeah. you and yeah, they, so, they can follow you on facebook instagram and linkedin i'm terrible with social media so i'm learning but at least <laughs> check me out on on my website but again it's just been a pleasure i'm, uh, I'm honored to have been accorded some moments to share with you Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thank you again for lending us your ears. It's truly an honor to save each and every dreamer. You can continue to support us by liking, sharing, and following us on our social media pages. The links are all in the show notes. We have so many exciting projects and ventures in store for you. Until next time, keep dreaming.